Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Oh yeah, I feel so good. What's up, you Jones? Christmas. I mean, New Year's Eve is this Saturday. Isn't that sick, dude? I know New Year's Eve can be whack, but it's also pretty sick. It always makes me think of Forrest Gump, of Lieutenant Dan, watching the Dick Clark thing on TV, partying at that bar with those hookers. It's like, that wasn't too bad of a Christmas. I mean, a New Year's Eve. That was sick, bro. Good job, Lieutenant Dan. You got legs. You know what else you got legs? This fucking podcast, dude. This podcast is over three years old. This is the, I want to say, 288th. Yeah, 288th episode. I think I'm going to hit 300 in March at this rate of one pod episode a week. And I have you, the listener, to thank for inspiring me to keep going all this fucking time. You know, three years is no small fucking feat. I mean, this is like a, in the top 50% of podcasts on the you know provider that I have. Seems to be a p- popular in Germany and Patterson, New Jersey. Who knows? Who knows, dude? Just keep going, honey. Just keep trying. You're going to reach your dreams one day when you're 70. Great. Thanks. Yeah, kid. Last pot of the year. I've accumulated some interesting uh, anecdotes, inspirational things, fucking feedback from listeners. You name it. My friend Haley down there in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, Danny, you want to come down to Nashville and visit? I know your brother just moved up there in Murfreesboro. That ain't too far away. Why don't you stop by and I'll make you a cup of hot chocolate. We'll sit out on the porch and sit a spell. Sit a spell? That's a great term. Sit a spell. Oh, he ain't sleeping. He just playing possum. Anyways, any fucking who. Uh, Haley was talking about my episode with Tom McCaffrey a couple weeks ago, the comic. I guess Tom was, Tom always has this, he's, he's definitely a good guy, but sometimes his opinions just sound like he's, I don't know. She goes, go Danny, standing up for women and letting people know what a true good man should act like. Yeah, because I was like, women shouldn't have to feel uncomfortable. Men should not be fucking assholes. I know we're talking, we're talking about Louis C.K. like cornering women in the hotel room. It's like, no person should feel uncomfortable. Anybody should be able to go to anybody's hotel room at any time. I mean, in, in like an ideal world. You know what I mean? Like, why should any person have to feel threatened if they're in a confined space with another another human being? Like, all human beings should leave each other the fuck alone. You know? Anyway. Uh, and then she also said she loved the cult conversation. We were talking about cult documentaries and shit like that. She said that she had an, account- an encounter with a guy trying to suck me into his bullshit dictator talk. Jesus, that's crazy. What does that even mean, Haley? He was trying to be a dictator and you had to like listen to his edicts. Edicts. Do you think that Edith listens to edicts? What do you think about Edith? Do you like Edith as a name? It's all right. It's all right. Okay. Oh, I went to... Uh, Holiday dinner in Brooklyn with my uh, coworkers, like in uh, on the recruiting team, you know? It was a really nice place. We had a nice time. But, uh, you know, sometimes there was like 15 to 20 of us walking into this restaurant. And you know how it is with like a corporate dinner. The corporate dinners always start at like 5.30 because, I mean, it makes sense because the, you know, the company doesn't want to make you stay real late in your night after you've worked all day. So it's a nice thing to do, but then you just kind of feel like a little dorky going into a restaurant so early. The restaurant is just completely empty. Now these like 15 to 20 like corporate types walk in. I don't know if we're corporate types, but you know. So we were walking by the staff, the restaurant staff, and I was like right at the end of the train of people going into the restaurant. And I looked at the staff and I was like, do you guys think we're losers? <laughs> and they laughed. They're like, no. And I'm like, oh, they la- They said no, but did they mean no? Anyways, that was uh, Vinegar Hill House in Brooklyn. That place is a great restaurant. You should go. Downstairs, they have this fucking private room with like a fireplace. And uh, it's kind of sick. 
although the fireplace is really hot. I was like, guys, can we just put one less log in there? Danny, this is really not helpful content to anybody except the you and your coworkers in the past. <laughs> I was reading this article in the paper about uh, introverts and how they can um, have uh, better social interactions and experiences. And one of the tips they had was avoid parties on boats. <laughs> I kind of love that. Yeah, dude. Don't go on a party where you can't get off the party. <laughs> Just jump into the water. I don't want to be around people anymore. Okay. Uh, my I emceed a couple shows at New York Comedy Club this past weekend. And I like to like come up with creative introductions. Because usually these shows that I host, there's like 10 comics on them. And you know, you're, you're supposed to, as a professional host, ask the comic before he goes up what you want their credits to be. Like, do you want me to say you're in New York Comedy Festival or in like the Edinburgh Fringe Fest or whatever? But it just gets redundant sometimes. And some comics are constantly in the same shows with each other. It's like, who cares? Who cares what your credit is? So I, I try to make some up and I try to make some of them really mean <laughs> if, I, if I'm like good friends with a comic. Zach McGovern, former co-host of The Space, The Space, What the Fuck, Dude, that pod that that used to be this pod. I brought him up about a week ago. I go, there's no need to mince words. Your next comedian's life is in shambles. <laughs> it's funny to say someone's life is in shambles. Dude, shambles. What are shambles actually? Is it like like wood splinters that you put into a fire for like kindling or something? Like tinder? 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 Hinge? Danny, don't just word associate. That's useless. Useless way to spend your time. All right. My next thing here. Oh, I was watching the... Uh, Dolphins and Bills game last Saturday. I gotta admit, I paid, I added the $15 for the NFL Network package just so I could watch that game because I knew it was snowing in Buffalo and that was gonna be a really fun game. And it was a really fun game. And I was pretty high and just watching that game high and people were throwing snowballs and just having a blast and stuff. It was neat. And then after the show, the, you know how they have the post show, sorry, post game show where they sit on a desk like down on the field and talk about what happened and somebody threw a snowball onto the post-game show desk and it's so funny because the three people sitting there doing their show i could just see their faces like they'd look scared for a second and you could it's like a natural human instinct to be like is this a threat are we under attack and then they, i think they realize like it's just a snowball we're gonna be okay <laughs> i love little moments like that oh i forgot the other piece of feedback that Haley gave me um the throw gasoline or throw water on it love it love that she said uh, if you didn't hear uh, a couple weeks ago, I read this Farnham Street blog article about if you have a problem in your life, someone's bothering you, you always have to decide or you can choose to frame it in your head mentally as, do I want to throw gasoline in the situation and accelerate it, make it more ex- aggressive and explosive? Or do I want to throw water on it and maybe just not respond or just respond in a calm, supportive manner? So now I've been trying to, I've been literally trying to do that. What do we want to do here, Danny? Gasoline or water? Take your fucking pick, kid. By the way, I watched that movie, uh, Bullet Train, with Brad Pitt and like 600 other fucking actors in it. Jesus Christ. It was pretty entertaining. I, movies like that, like the, just the scale of the ambition of having literally like 20 characters that got their own like, you know, name on the screen with the, the Japanese letters too next to it. I don't know how to describe movies. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it was the world's best movie, but I'm always impressed with the ambition and scale of some of those movies. And then Brad Pitt's character um, was going through all this, like, you know, he's like this bad guy, like chasing a case of money or some shit. But he was also reflecting throughout the movie on what he had learned in therapist with his or in therapy with his therapist and 
um, you know, using like mental tools like reframing a lot, and it was just kind of fun. You know, I feel like that's a good um, progress, pro- you know, piece of progress that society has made that men can talk openly about what they're learning in therapy, and you can put that in the middle of a, you know, machismo gun fueled fighting movie, and still have that be, you know, a legitimate part of it, and that's not. There's no sense of dissonance when he was talking about that stuff, you know, just like, yeah, it's, that makes sense that he would be working through that, even though he's a fucking bad guy, you know? I don't know. All right. That's the end of that little comment. Oh, dude, I read this story. I forgot about this. This is a crazy story. You might have heard about this. I feel like this is one of those stories that it's kind of a big deal, but then it's kind of not a big deal because nobody died. But then you're like, what the fuck? So there's this giant hotel in Berlin. Yeah, let me just read a couple paragraphs in this article. The entrance to the five-star hotel looked like a bombsite. Mangled Christmas decorations, twisted poles and window frames, even tiny shampoo bottles littered the street, and among them, the bodies of the blast's victims. Nearly 1,500 tropical fish from a 50-foot tank called the Aquadam. Aquadam? Aquadam, sorry. I thought, oh, damn, might have been better, but it clearly wasn't a good damn because it fucking burst. Continuing the article, any sea creatures that survive the initial blast of the cylindrical aquadome, built as the largest tank of its kind in the world, had little hope of rescue. In frigid 19 degrees Fahrenheit weather, they lay frozen on the street outside the Radisson Hotel in Berlin's central Alexanderplatz. It's a tragedy for the fish, said Marcus Kamrad, an official at the Berlin Senate responsible for animal protection. <laughs> they got this guy from the Senate to talk about it. We were lucky that it happened at a time that only two people were slightly injured. But it's unfortunate, of course, that so many fish died. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you look at this up on the internet, dude, the, this tank is enormous. I mean, I'm surprised that it lasted as long as it did. But that must have been such a fucking wild moment. And if that had happened at like 10 in the morning when people were walking through, like checking out their hotel or whatever, dude, that could have been a, not a blood bath, a water bath that led to blood or led to people drowning, you know? But I think that they did save some of the, um, you know, expensive and rare fish. So that's a little positive note for New Year's, you guys. Oh, my God, that's fun. Save those fish or cutie pies. Okay. Um, I read this other article about being comfortable with solitude and distinguishing it, uh, or distinguishing it from loneliness. So this guy, they inter- interviewed Mr. Drummond, 41, Miss Drummond. I don't know what her first name is. I went to college with a girl named Ruth Drummond. She said, loneliness is happening to me. Solitude is happening for me. That little shift made the biggest difference. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I live by myself. I like it. You know, I mean, I like to be around people too. And I go be around people a lot, (laughs) but I don't feel lonely when I'm by myself. I like it. I like to think and read and do podcasts and, you know, watch stuff, dude. Okay. Anyways, anyways. Um underreacting oh yeah i talked about that i already talked about that one that's actually a good therapeutic thing i read this article about family tensions at the holidays and how it's helpful to focus on underreacting doesn't even have to be like at the holidays or just like any element of your life if it, if you sense some sort of conflict arising a conflagration if you will conflagration <laughs> underreact that's fun that's healthy i'm gonna try to get good at that i'll work on it I read this other article about studying happiness and what actually makes people happy. And uh, it kind of boils down to this last couple paragraphs of the story here. Big data tells us that there are very simple things that do make people happy. Things that have been around for thousands of years. 
After reading all the studies on happiness, I concluded that modern happiness research could be summed up in one sentence, a sentence we might jokingly call the data-driven answer to life. The data-driven answer to life is as follows. Be with your love on an 80-degree and sunny day, overlooking a beautiful body of water, having sex. <laughs> it's a lot easier than owning an auto dealership um, because they did a study about who are the richest Americans, and a lot of them are people that own like regional businesses, like an auto dealership. So I guess that's one way to like wealth and, and potentially happiness. Although I seriously doubt that regional car dealer owner, car dealership owners are like super happy. Maybe they are. They're like, dude, I got a lot of cars. I'm fucking rich, bro. If you're an auto dealership, you can go have sex on a sunny day by a beautiful body of water. So that's lit goals, kid. Danny, don't say that part. That was stupid. Remember at the beginning. Oh yeah. <laughs> I read all these notes for like things I can read in my pod and then I read back and I'm like, some of them I'm like, this isn't, this isn't good enough to read, but it makes me laugh, but it's not worth recounting the story. Cause it's just, it's just, it's not worth the fucking trouble, dude. You know, I don't recount some tale to you. And then you're like, yeah, that was whack. I'm saving you the trouble. This is an edited pod. It's a condensed pod. It's like reader's digest for your fucking ears. Okay. Good. Oh man. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll end with this little story about uh, my black cat show. Me and Ryan DeCarlos do it. <laughs> Ryan shows up sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't. And he was on stage a couple weeks ago and these two girls it's just funny because he's been working he and i've been running this show for like five years like literally five years so we know the baristas that work there we know the owner we're like we've been there a long time so we know the people <laughs> he knows these people so he's on stage performing and he's like kind of maybe like flailing flailing a little bit or like you know trying to talk to people but in his in his kind of like unique way you got to come see this guy perform ryan DeCarlos. he's at, at real rye daddy on instagram he's fucking hilarious these two girls walk into the coffee shop while he's performing and he goes, Hey, what are you girls doing? And they go working here. <laughs> Dude, he's chatting up the girls that work at the place, not realizing that they work at the place. Oh man. Maybe that's only funny to me, but I fucking love that. Anyways, happy new year. You fucking jeans. I saw on the news today. They brought in the, uh, 2023 sign. Apparently they drove it across the country from California you know, the sign that when the ball drops, then it hits the year and it says 2023. Like they can't, they can't produce that locally. <laughs> That's something to work on New York state. Okay. Ain't Danny Palmer NYC and Instagram black hat every Friday night. Happy new year. 2024. I mean, 23 Mike, the Michael Jordan year, as I like to call it, will soon be upon us. We shall continue to fucking June.